Hey, welcome to Big Happy Life, the show that's all about shaping your thoughts and actions so that life feels easier, you get more done, you feel more in control, and you have a bit more fun along the way. I'm your host, Natalie Britt, and this week we're carrying on with the decision-making series, and we're looking at planning. In order to take the actions you need to take to achieve the goal that is the basis for the decision you made in the first place, it's really important to have a plan. I don't mean the traditional kind of project management type plan, but I mean a plan to protect yourself from the worst version of you. Now, if you're thinking, whoa, hang on a minute, easy there, what version of me? All I mean is that you have the version of you who makes the choice and who thinks, yeah, I can totally do it. And then you have the version of you who has to take the actions. The one who gets bored and tired, who'd often rather have the easier route, the one who can find an excuse, the one who can tell you a little story about why it's not that important, that version of you. If you've ever made decisions around healthy eating or exercise or reducing alcohol or any of those types of things, then you probably know what I'm talking about. And if you've ever made decisions about really big things in your life that required you to take huge risks or to step out of your comfort zone and do things you either didn't know how to do or didn't know how difficult they might be or what might be around the corner so there was a lot of uncertainty, then you'll probably also know what I'm talking about. Basically, any decision that you feel good about, even if you're slightly fearful, something that you feel good about but it's kind of stretching, it's going to require you to be a little bit different than you've been in the past. It's going to require different habits or different actions than you've usually taken in the past. Then you usually find that you start off with a good amount of momentum because you're still quite linked to the original decision and that feeling of hope and power and possibility. And then gradually over time, as the actions and the requirements kick in, it's less exciting or things don't go the way you want and it's much harder to keep moving in the direction of the goal. So I'm talking about making a plan for that. For saying, I know I'm in this for the long haul. I know my motivation isn't going to stay at the exact same level it is currently. And I need to plan for all levels of motivation because I'm going to have to keep doing this regardless of what happens to my motivation over a period of time. To do this, though, it's useful to know a couple of things. Motivation can be heightened by certain things and it can be squashed by certain things and one of the things that squashes motivation is fatigue tiredness and one of the types of fatigue that a lot of people don't know about is decision fatigue your brain only takes up two percent of your body mass and it uses 20 percent of the calories you take in in a day so that just gives you a sense of the kind of energy burn associated with thinking and decision making so if you think about the fact that when you plan things, they run according to plan, or there are shifts away from the plan and then you just need to course correct. But in the absence of a plan, you're making far more decisions. And with every decision, you give yourself another opportunity to get tired and go back the other way. Because the more tired you get, the more likely you are to revert to some sort of pattern. Very often we refer to this as kind of losing willpower, but what actually is usually happening is we get tired and we revert to older, more familiar, possibly habitual thought patterns. If we can keep that energy level up, if we can keep that motivation up and we can avoid decision fatigue, there's a far greater chance we'll take the right actions that will lead to a successful outcome in line with whatever the decision was that we originally made. Here's an example of how it works. Let's say you've decided you want to eat more healthily and 
you simply think, I'll buy loads of healthy food and that's what I'll eat. So you go to the shops and you buy a load of really healthy food. You've got fruits and vegetables, your fridge is brimming, your cupboards are brimming, you've got everything you could possibly need, except a plan. So while you were at the shops, you also bought a packet of chocolate biscuits because, well, a little of what you like and all that. And it's Monday night, you come home, you open the fridge, all of this beautiful food awaits you and all you have to do is decide what to cook. But you're a little bit hungry and as you look at it, you're thinking, I don't really know, do I want to make some sort of vegetable stir fry? But then would I have it with rice? Can I eat rice? Should I have quinoa? I don't really know how to cook quinoa. Next to the quinoa, the chocolate biscuits. So while you're thinking, you open the biscuits, you eat a couple, you're still thinking, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And then you register that you've just eaten four chocolate biscuits. So now you're thinking, well, it's kind of day one. I've really messed it up now. I'll start again tomorrow. And lo and behold, the action retreats you back to your starting point because there was no plan. So you just weren't in a position to catch the pattern before it ran ahead without you. Now let's say you've got the exact same goal, but this time you have a plan. This time you sat down and thought, actually, I don't really like cooking that much. So I'm gonna have to choose three or four different dishes and stick to those. And you go off and you buy the ingredients for those and you have a plan of what nights you're cooking what things. So it's Monday, you come home, this is what I'm cooking on Monday, you get the food out, you cook it and you have your meal. Then if you do decide to eat a chocolate biscuit, you do so consciously because you've decided you want a chocolate biscuit and you want to experience the treat. Not because you absentmindedly ate them without thinking about it then caught yourself and thought, oh no, I've messed up. So the more honest you can be with yourself, the more you can set yourself up for success, and the more decisions you can pre-make, the less likely you are to have decision fatigue and accidentally make a choice you didn't intend to make. That said, no matter how good your plan is, the likelihood is there are gonna be mistakes and setbacks along the way. And it's really worth planning for how you're gonna handle those. You might not know what they are because you might be going into completely new territory. Maybe you're starting a new business or you're taking a new job or you're about to become a parent or you're getting married. So there's all these things that are gonna change in your life and all these things that you're gonna be making decisions about in your efforts to make a success of whatever the thing is that you're doing. Some of it's gonna work and some of it isn't. So first of all, the more you plan, the more stuff will probably work. And also part of your plan should be, how am I gonna handle it if it doesn't? Now remember, we don't wanna stray into territory that's about away from motivation. We don't wanna go, okay, this is a sign that it's terrible and I should walk away. It's more about saying, how am I gonna prepare myself to be resilient? How am I gonna prepare myself to learn everything I can from any mistake I might make along this road? What's my process? Earlier, I also talked about shaping your environment. Now, what that's all about is creating a space where you are more likely to take the actions necessary to achieve your goal. In the chocolate biscuit example, that meant don't buy the chocolate biscuits, then you shape your environment so that the actions you take lead you towards your goal because you can't take the action in the other direction. You don't have what you need to be able to act in the other direction. But let's say you're starting a new business and you've got to work from home and you're sitting at your kitchen table. Then maybe shaping your environment is about creating a space that's conducive to the kind of thinking that you need to do. Clearing an area or deciding, actually, do you know what? I just can't get into the right headspace while I'm sat here at my kitchen table. So. 
I'm going to go into town and I'm going to find a place where I can go and sit and I can work uninterrupted for a period of time and do the things I need to do. So shaping your environment is really about saying, where do I need to be? Like, What headspace, what physical space do I need to be in in order to do the things I need to do to achieve the thing I want to achieve? There's a great quote by Jim Rohn that goes, if you really want to, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. So what planning allows you to do is to find a way while you really want to, knowing that at some point you'll probably end up in territory where you're going to find an excuse to stop. So you plan for that. What's going to be the thing that keeps you going? How are you going to get yourself over that hurdle? What is it that you're going to need to shape in your mind, in your environment, in your actions that's going to keep you going even when the going gets really tough? So if it's a new business, for example, the likelihood is it's going to be a hell of a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. Certainly when I started my business, nothing happened for six months. I was thinking, oh my God, I've made the wrong choice. I need to go out and get a job. In my moments of extreme doubt, I was on LinkedIn. I was looking at work thinking I could just go back. I could go back to full-time employment. Very fortunately, one of the things I had in my plan was a supportive peer group. So I made phone calls. I talked to people who talked me off the ledge, who went, okay, calm down. We knew this was what it was going to be like. So keep going, keep doing the things you're doing, add some more things and see what's working. Pay attention to the results you're getting. What works, what doesn't, what's worth your time, what isn't. So that's the other thing you want to plan for. What questions do you need to ask yourself so you make the best use of the information that's available to you? So you can learn about yourself. How do you feel rewarded? How do you feel enjoyment as you go through these things? One of the most important things about Big Happy Life is that happiness isn't about getting there and achieving it at the end. It's about enjoying the whole process. So if it's about healthy eating, I don't want to slog, slog, slog until I get to the point where I suddenly go, oh, yay, I'm enjoying it. It should feel like it's worthwhile doing from early on, from day one, that I want to get a sense of reward from it. I want to get a sense of satisfaction from it. I want to feel pleased, not like I'm losing something. I want to feel like I'm gaining something. So towards motivation will help with that. And so will the plan. Because towards motivation is what gets you started, but the plan is what keeps you going. In my work with my clients, I find the easiest way to do this is to ask yourself some really high quality questions up front at the beginning stages when you're first making the decision. So this week, you'll find a downloadable PDF linked to the podcast and also on the show notes page. And in it, you'll find six categories of questions, taking you straight through from setting the goal, through the planning, through the shaping of your environment, the people you might rely on, and the ways in which you might need to adapt some of the practices you're engaging in, in order to keep going, if the goal is really worth it to you, no matter how challenging things get. Once you've answered those questions, and you don't need to answer all of them, think of them more like a kind of thought ignition, um, a kind of spark, something that will lead your thinking in a variety of directions, maybe more directions than you would naturally take on your own. When you download the PDF, you'll also see a link to join the Facebook group if you would like to. And the option is there then for you to share ideas, kind of bounce stuff off other people who are also doing similar things to you and to ask me questions directly as well. If there's any way at all I can help you make your plan stronger, help you achieve the goals you've set for yourself and make that whole process of taking the necessary actions easier, then please get in touch. The Facebook group is a great way to do that. 
And it's also a great way to find out about upcoming episodes, some of the guests we'll be talking to, all of the different things that are coming up and any training courses and different workshops and webinars and all those kinds of cool things that are going to be launching in the new year. For this part of the podcast series, the decision-making series, we have one more podcast to go. And in that one, we're going to be looking at checking in with yourself. So it fits in with what we've been speaking about today with the plan and the fact that you will make mistakes and things will happen. But the ability to check in with yourself and then adapt your plan accordingly and adapt your actions accordingly, along with that towards motivation, so you always know where you're going, gives you the greatest chance of success, of creating a reality based on the decision that you took. So join me next week to hear all about that. But for now, thanks for listening. 